My brothers and sisters in the Lord, two weeks ago we celebrated the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, in which we celebrated the very nature of God, of who God is in Himself, that God is a communion of persons, one God and three divine persons in this communion of love. And that we too, my brothers and sisters, because we are created in the image and likeness of God, we are called to be icons of the Trinity. We are called to bring forth that image into the world in which we live by our very lives. Last week we celebrated the solemnity of Corpus Christi, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, how Jesus is present to us in a very significant way in the Eucharistic species, on this altar, that Jesus continues to be with us always, even until the end of, the end of time, continuing to nourish us and strengthen us on the journey. And as we receive the Lord Jesus, we commune with God in a very intimate way. And we are called to be living tabernacles, living monstrances, allowing the light and love of Jesus to shine forth from our lives to those around us. Like when Jesus asked in the gospel, asked in the gospel what is the greatest of the commandments, of course, as you well know, he says, the first, to love God above all things with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you see, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be a people of communion. We are called to be a people who image the Trinity. We are called to be a people who receive the Lord Jesus and become living tabernacles, living monstrances in our very lives. And this call to communion, this call to be part of the family of God, is a call that is both challenging and it's also a call that is a great blessing. And as we live out that call, my brothers and sisters, we are called to understand who we are and whose we are. And by doing that, my friends, we are better able to be disciples of the Lord. One of the ways, my friends, that this call to communion is oftentimes challenging for us is because as Americans, we tend to be very individualistic at times. In fact, we tend to be very rugged in our individualism. My rights, my way, my will, how I want it. And in that way, my brothers and sisters, there's no connection to the greater community, whether it is our family, or whether it is our church family, or whether it is our call to be part of the body of Christ, which is the church, it is the focus just on me. There's a writer who wrote in the book, When the Church Was a Family is the title, and I take a quote, and this is what he writes. We in America have been socialized to believe that our dreams, goals, and personal fulfillment ought to take precedent over the well-being of any group, whether it be our family or our church, to which we belong. The immediate needs of the individual are more important than the long-term health of anyone. So we leave and withdraw rather than stay and grow up. When the going sets rough, 
in the church or in the home, we get going. The influence of that radical individualistic worldview exerts on American Christians goes a long way to explain the struggles we face to keep relationships together. My friends, we are called to be in relationship because God is fundamentally relational. And as we hear at the end of the gospel today, when the Lord Jesus is told your mother and your brothers are outside, how does he respond? Who are my mother and my brother? Those who do the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, sometimes people say, my brothers and sisters, well, isn't that a put-down, quote-unquote, to our blessed mother? Well, it's not, because Mary was the perfect disciple. She was the perfect follower of her son. Let it be done unto me according to thy word. And that's what we're called to be. We can only be that, my brothers and sisters, when we're in communion, in communion with God and in communion with one another. And so one of the obstacles is radical individualism. The other obstacle, my brothers and sisters, is our notion of how we often think of family. Because oftentimes, my friends, we define family as our genetic relationships. Those who are part of our kinship. You know, I grew up in a Sicilian family, so there was a common saying, blood is thicker than water. And red gravy is thicker than all of that. But you see, my friends, that's how we define family. But here in the gospel, Jesus is stretching that definition. He is enlarging that definition because what he's saying at the end is, those who do the will of my father is my mother and my brother and my sisters. He is stretching that definition of family to incorporate our spiritual family. He's not limiting it to direct kinship. But he's allowing us to see that when we speak about family, we are all brothers and sisters in the Lord. When we, when we speak about family, my friends, who is our father? It is God who is our father. And if God is our father, then we are sons and daughters of the father, brothers and sisters of Jesus. And we're called to be in communion with one another. Your family just got a lot bigger this morning, my friends. Because it's all those who are around you, who are part of this church family. It's all those whom you encounter today and all those you will never encounter. How are we in communion with one another? One of my favorite quotes comes from Dr. Scott Hall. And he writes that hospitality is the essence of the kingdom. Hospitality is the essence of the kingdom. How we are in communion with one another. And what he means there is not simply when someone comes to your house, would you like a cup of coffee? He means how do we love our neighbor as ourselves? How are we a welcoming family so that we can be in that communion? And that's so very important. About 1,500 years ago, St. Benedict wrote his rule, the rule of St. Benedict. And part of the rule of St. Benedict, he delineates certain roles in the monastery. And one of the roles is the role of porter. Now the role of porter in the original rule of St. Benedict had the specific purpose 
of when someone knocked at the monastery door, it was the porter's job or the porter's task to answer the door. Now we may say that's sort of an insignificant task, but for St. Benedict it was a very important task. And I want to use that image, my brothers and sisters, because I firmly believe that the way we answer doors is the way we deal with the world. The way we answer doors, the way we answer the phone, the way we reply to an email, the way we send out a tweet, the way we do with a text message, whatever it is, is the way we deal with the world. It says about our Christian worldview and who we are and our call to be in communion with one another. Remember the porter. The porter is given a very specific instruction. He is to sleep near the entrance to the monastery so he can hear and respond in a timely way when someone knocks. The porter is to offer welcome. In Benedict's words, with all gentleness that comes from reverence of God and with warmth of love, as soon as someone knocks, the porter is to reply, thanks be to God, your blessing please. He is to say this even before he knows who's on the other side of the door. And then the porter is to make sure that the other monks know the presence of a visitor so that they may join in the welcome. Now, my brothers and sisters, when that caller ID comes up on your phone and you see it's a telemarketer, when you answer, if you do decide to answer, is your first response, thanks be to God, your blessing. When someone sends you an email, and you're just P.O. How do you respond before you hit the send button? Is it thanks be to God or is it something else? I don't know if you're familiar with, there's a 20th century uh, author, her name was Dorothy Parker, and it says that she always answered her telephone like this. What fresh hell is this now? Now my brothers and sisters, that's a big difference. Thanks be to God, or what fresh hell is this now? What are you putting on my plate now? When your boss walks in, what do you think? When a family member walks in that just rubs you the wrong way, what do you think? When you walk into church and someone's sitting in my pew, what do you think? Thanks be to God, or what sort of fresh hell is this today? You see, my brothers and sisters, we're called to be a people of communion, to be in communion with God and to be in communion with one another. We use that image of the porter from the rule of St. Benedict. The porter is to always be ready to offer welcome, to greet who is ever coming to the door. Well, whoever knocks on the door of your life this day, my friends, whoever knocks on the door of your heart, however God is knocking this day, do we say, like our Blessed Mother, let it be done unto me according to thy word? Or do we come up with our own excuses and the reasons why we can and cannot do it, etc., etc.? Who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters? Those who do the will of my Father. My dear friends, as disciples of the Lord, let us discern the will of our Father. And let us always remember that because of who God is and how we are created, 
We are called to be in communion, in union, not only with God, but also with one another.